Yo, welcome to the Relative Vision TV podcast. It's your boy, Marcus Hood. I'm here with another season for you, season three, episode one, with some bangers. I got somebody on the line with me that I think is the hottest thing coming up in the West Coast. Real original sound, real organic. Somebody I've been tapped in with for a real real long time that's really tapped in with the community and doing great things going forward. Somebody that's really educated, goes by the educated G, Mr. Prestige himself. You know what I mean? Uh, it's good to have you on the show, brother. I, I know we've been trying to tap in for so long now. It's good to have you on, man. Bringing me on, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Be here. Uh, have you tapped in, man? Uh, tell us what's been going on with you, man. Tell the people who you are, really. You know what I mean? For those who don't know. Okay, most definitely. Well, I go by the name of Prestige, uh, also known as the Educated G. Um, I am hailing from Inglewood, California. That's my hometown. That's where I was raised at. And a little bit about me, just in terms of what I got going on, who I am, what I do. I am an artist and I'm a producer. Uh, essentially, I like to class myself classify myself as an artist because I'm a rapper, I'm a producer, I'm a vocalist, songwriter, and it's very, very exhausting to having to say all those things all at once. So it's better to just put it under the umbrella of I am an artist. And I let other people, I let people discover that <laughs> as they start to discover my music and stuff. So uh, artist and producer, I've been doing music for a very long time. I first got started, I want to say, take it back all the way to church eight nine years old when i was in children's choir and my dad was in a church band i was always around a whole bunch of just vetted and polished artists from all different types of backgrounds that happened to be in the church band so um by default being around that type of environment i was going to have some type of musical gift or talent and then on top of having musical gifts on both sides of my family um my dad was in a like I said, the church band, he was a percussionist. He also knows how to produce. And my grandmother on my mother's side, she was actually part of the legendary oldies group called the Platters way back in the day. A lot of people don't know about that group, but if you know about R&B oldies, you know about the Platters. So um, pretty much but I, I had no choice. I was going to have some type of music embedded inside of me that was going to be cultivated into a gift that I could share with the world. So I started playing keys at 11, and then after that point, I took a music class in high school, but it didn't really, I, I thought that taking music and having to read notes and everything was boring in comparison to actually learning how to play the instrument itself. So yeah. I eventually just knew music theory or I learned music theory later on in college, but I learned how to play keys at 11 years old. I self-taught myself by ear, and that led to producing at 16, one of my first beats. And then right around 16, 17, that's when I started getting into hip hop in terms of writing lyrics and verses and stuff. And that's around the time that I actually met you back at Valley College. And from that point on, it was it's just been a steady incline. So, so it leads me to where I am now. So so it has, has music always been like that top number one thing for you or was sports number one for you? Because, you know, what I me, mean? I met you playing ball. And I didn't really know how much you were into music until later on in life. 
when we were hanging out in like around Citrus, you know what I mean, around those days and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. when did music start to be your number one thing? For you? It happened in college, honestly. It, it's always been there, but it really started to blossom and become more of more into fruition once I got to college. I want to say not a lot of people knew that I was involved in music because a it was something that I knew I was still working on and mm-hmm. I was very very nervous and also very sensitive about my artwork because yeah. the biggest thing for me during that time like I kind of fear rejection in that sense because I don't want my art to be rejected by nobody if I felt it wasn't up to yeah. par. So exactly. it's always I honestly, something I just—I honestly didn't know that you, you know, what I mean, did music for a long time, and I think that's when I first figured out you was doing music back when we was hanging out, you know, what I mean, in the college days after we left Valley. You know, what I mean, that was after Valley that I found out you were doing music like that. And then, you know, we we met up a couple of times. I shot a little video for you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We was hanging out in downtown. You know what I mean? So I've always. You know what I mean? Had an ear for what you were doing and how you were spitting. You know what I mean? Your bars came across like you had a had a bigger message other than you know what I mean? Just saying some random shit, trying to be cool. You know what I mean? I felt like your art was always coming from a place of you know what I mean? reality. You know, is, is that is that kind of how you feel? Like when you come from doing your music, you feel like your your music is separated from any other artist that's kind of doing some gimmicky rap shit. I would say so. I know I can only speak for myself at the end of the day when I say this. And that's for me, when it comes to creating music, it's always driven by inspiration the most. Um, I'm not the type of, because like I said, I produce as well. So I produce everything that I'm on, essentially, unless it's really like a collaborative effort or um, a collab with another producer and we hop on the record. But um, yeah, no, I always draw from inspiration. It's very, very hard for me um to create if i don't have something that inspires it or fuels it i'm not the type of when i do get into my producer side i'm not the type of producer where i make tight beats i don't make drake type beats or drill type beats or whatever you want to classify it i make based upon whatever i feel inspired by because at the end of the day i'm going to take that style and cultivate it and flip it and make it mine personally at the end of the day anyway so nah i just um everything is real west coast so so I mean, like, where's most of your inspiration come from? What artists? Because, you know, I, I know being from the West Coast, I see you, you know what I mean, using using certain tools that's you know, was invented by the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I would say my musical influences is sort of, sort of a melting pot. It's a little bit of everything. But if I, it's like if you took DJ Quick, Nate Dog, Ty Dollar Sign, Battle Cat, and Pharrell, produced by Kanye West. That is what my sound consists of. And I would say those are like my main musical influences that I just listed up right there. Of course, there's Tibblin, of course, there's Missy Elliott. Um, and keep in mind, these are artist producer combos that I'm mentioning right now. Missy produced a lot of her own stuff. And people don't realize that, uh, of course, you, everybody knows about Timbaland. Everybody knows about Pharrell. So for me, those were artists that I aligned with the most because those were people that I envisioned myself to be like, if not greater than one day. Okay. I hear that. So so tell me, for, for people that want to hear it, how do you balance your life, 
you know what I mean, with wanting to be an artist and not being like an A-list artist and trying to maintain funding everything that you do. You know what I mean? As a as an independent, you know what I mean, somebody that's trying to make it happen in the Given the fact that I went to college, it's always given me a security blanket so that I can do this because especially when it comes to be being self-sufficient in the music industry and you don't have uh, the backing of a label or a machine or anything of the sort of like that, you need money to make this work. You need bread. So I understand how certain artists, they have the mentality of, you know what, I'm not going to work a traditional job. I'm just going to be 100% invested in into music and just you know make it work from there but me i've been able to find uh, a crack in the scene where i'm able to align my background knowledge of going to college and my career that i've established through college and make that align with music so um one of those so main facets school for? um my degree was in public relations initially so i didn't even Education wasn't even the main career that I was considering or even going to school for. That's something that happened literally in my senior year. So I actually had a career shift by the time I even graduated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've always, I've always exercised and known the importance of financial security, especially when it comes to trying to pursue a career that is not a conventional nor necessarily looked at as a secure career because music is, is pure entrepreneurship. You know, there is no punching a clock and a guaranteed salary as an artist. No, you better have a consistent cash flow. You better be doing shows. You better be knowing how to produce and sell beats. You better know how to songwrite and sell songwriting, all that. So, um, yeah. To prevent having to do the overhaul of that, like being in education, I've actually found a way to uh, combine my knowledge of being an educator as well as being an artist. So essentially now I have a beat program that's going to be coming this uh, this 2023, and it's going to be a program in the city of Inglewood that's going to teach kids how to make beats. So that's sort of how I've aligned both of my careers and both of my passions into one. So, so right now you you're actually working at a school helping children out. You know, start to create your own classes for these kids. Is it going to be a free class? I mean, how are you, how are you working that out? Yeah. Uh, so this B program is going to be funded uh, by my job and my organization because initially okay. it was my idea. They okayed it, and now they're supplying all the funding and the grant writing behind it to make the program launch and you know, get it fully, like, take it past beyond inception at this point. Um, so is it is it a nonprofit or is it the school district or what is it going through? Yeah, it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit? Yeah, that's what's up. That's dope. You know what I mean? I'm focused on something similar like that. I'm, start, I'm starting to work on a lot of workshops, te- teaching people about content creation. You know what I mean? And what levels there is to being able to content, uh, create content. I mean, you can use your cell phone all day, and yeah, people want these big old cameras to be able to create these massive productions. But you got to work from where you at to be able to get somewhere. You know what I mean? That you want to be. You know, sometimes it don't take being having all the best equipment to be able to, you know, what I mean, do the job. You know, what I mean? at hand. So it's. I think it's a, a, a good thing to be able to teach on the way up. 
in you because you're still in the process of making it. So if people can see your process, they could read that as well. Because I see you have a whole lot of success, and I want to commend you for the success you've been having. I've been seeing all the collaborations. I've seen where it started, and I see where it's at, and I feel like you're about to make a real breakthrough, especially this year. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what you got in the in the in the bank or on the hard drive, but I know I've been heard some some bangers from you already. Uh, what's some of your favorite hits that you you got out right now? Well, <laughs> 2022 was the year that I put out the most music in one year, in one calendar year. So um, there is there's three projects that I've dropped within that calendar year. Technically, I wouldn't count the first one um, because it dropped December of 2021, but it carried on in 2022, and that's uh, the North Pole. And that was actually a joint project that I did with my boy Zarian from Inglewood. And my favorite off of yeah. that one, and also the uh, project favorite would be Put You On. Um, and yeah, that was... Yeah, um, kind of visual for that project, right? Um, For that one, no. But we did have a standalone know. visual for it. <clears throat> yeah. You've probably seen some promo shit, but like, for the most part, nah, it was just a, uh, you know, standalone drop. Okay. But, um... Yeah, I would say Put You On off of that record, <clears throat> off of that project. Um, for it took you long enough, which is the one that I dropped on my birthday this past July. I would probably say the favorites off of there are bourbon, can't pick up, run it up, uh, just stay part two and still think about you. So that's five. And then I did basically a B-sided edition or, uh, I called it the gold edition. That's what it was called. It's called the gold edition. It took you long enough. So it was like you know, a part two to the album. And that one's a big favorite. Um, but off of there, I would say El Dorado featuring my boy Vitamin C. Um, Still Think About You, the gold version with my homie Ian Michael. Uh, Pressure Part 3, or Diamonds, and that's featuring uh, Zane Taylor, Brittany B, Bernard King, and also my boy Zary R from Inglewood. And it's like another one on there. Oh, uh, uh, Scraper. Scraper is definitely a, a banger. And that's with Vitamin C and E. Michael. So, like I said, I put out a lot of music, but it's definitely a liberating feeling to know that I put out a lot of music and everybody's rocking with all of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. solid, bro. I've been, I'm telling you, I've been loving the progression. I've been loving it. How you been feeling about it? I mean, how you been feeling about your journey? Where you at in life? You know what I'm saying? How you, how you feel? Hmm. I feel very accomplished and I don't mean accomplished in the sense of, you know, I, I've conquered these things and that's it. I feel accomplished in the sense of I have done all these things and I have the potential to conquer even more. So when I sat back and looked at all the music that I dropped this year, all the shows that I did, um, just all the overall success that I've gained, I'm like, to know that I'm just getting started, <laughs> Man, I, I I feel very happy. I feel very excited for this year to come and beyond. You got some shows? You got some shows planned? Um, I have one, or I, I could have had one on January the tenth, but I'm gonna be out of town handling some business in Florida. Um, so I'm not gonna be able to make that one. But I do plan to have one this upcoming, um, at least this upcoming month, if not this upcoming month, then for sure for next month. Okay. For February. Yeah, man, we gotta tap in with you on that. We gotta tap in with you. But I'm going I'm to make a little transition here, and we're going to talk about some stuff that's been going on. 
Uh, we're gonna start okay. start with some sports stuff. You've been following uh, football lately? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Who, who mm-hmm. you got? Who you picking for the Super Bowl? What's your thoughts on that? Honestly, um, I know the Eagles are struggling in that last game with the Saints. That that was pretty crazy. Um, that that was a wild game. But you I would definitely Eagles say. Fan? Uh, no, I'm not an Eagles fan at all. I'm actually a Rams fan. But um, yeah, we just oh, we had a rough season, bro. I rough mean, season this year. So you got to make OBJ don't know what he want. You, you made know. a sacrifice. You won a Super Bowl. Now you get to lose a season. It's okay. Okay. Why we can't be back to back like how Brady was with New England? You know that that's like, not how football works. You know that. Yeah, and they also cheated too. So uh, there's another thing. Cheating another team has more integrity. I don't know about cheating, but you know a lot of a lot of yeah. shit happens. You know what I'm saying? Y'all shouldn't even been there. You know what I mean? I'm a Niner fan, so I got lucky and got there in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, all right. But honestly, I, I, out of the NFC, I could probably see the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Eagles? I can see Eagles that. Eagles versus who? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the AFC. It's a toss-up for me. I got to see how the first round plays out, and then I'll, I'll have a better uh, a better judgment on the AFC. But I think tonight Eagles is a good game. You got uh, the Bills and the Bengals tonight. Ooh, that is going to be a good one. Yeah, I got, I'm calling. I'm hoping the Bengals win. I want to see the Bengals get in there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, when did your uh, when did your uh, when did your love of football change? Because you you know what I mean I met you being an athlete, so you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you you still in love with football? Or are you just all all music now. I mean, I still watch football from time to time. I'm not mm-hmm. as enthused about it or I'm not as invested in it as I once was because it mm-hmm. was different for me because I was an actual football player. Um, but I want to say, like, right around – it was, like, in between – no, it was right before my senior year, actually, because it was my last season. I had just transferred from uh, Azusa Pacific to LeVarne, you know, mm-hmm. did my season there and everything. And, you know, for there, I felt like I had to make a choice. You know, I had to – really consider and weigh the options of whether I was going to continue playing football and continuing this pursuit or if I wanted to embrace my passion of music that I always had inside of me. So um, it's crazy because I actually had a trial for the CFL after my season. You know, it was one of those situations where I had it set up. One of the, um, they had a recruit that came down to Laverne and they was asking if anybody would, you know, be interested in playing in um, the CFL this, that, and the third. And so they said, we have trials coming up in a month. If we're sending you an invite, this, that, and the third, pay a little $75. And, you know, that's that. And I had it. I was about to do it and everything, ready to go. But I was just thinking to myself, considering the options, I had homies that was in the NFL. And, you know, they retired. Like, my boy, he had pretty much he had a bad concussion. He was only in the uh, league for about maybe three or four years. But after that concussion, he was all like, bro, I'm not playing football no more. Because after suffering a concussion on that level, he said it is not worth it. I'd rather have the safety or the comfort coming home every single day. (sighs) Again. Again, bro. So, yeah, so it's just. You think so? I mean, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Your brain and your well-being. 
know what I mean? If you want to have kids, you know what I mean? You want to be able to be here in a, in a conscious way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You ain't nothing without your brain. What, yeah. what can you do? What can you do? That's not something you can sacrifice. You don't get another head. Yeah, one one of those. Yeah, for real. They said mine is a terrible thing to waste. So you make a valid point with that. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he's had consecutive concussions in a very short time frame, if I'm him, I'll probably retire at the end of this season. Because I'm sure it'd be a tough decision because, you know what I mean, people got first loves like football and sports always, you know what I mean, and it ends up sometimes breaking your heart. You got to go a different direction and kind of find your real path. You know, because you know when one door closes, another door always opens. You know I mean, God got his certain plans for your life, so it ain't always gonna go according to your plan. But you know, that's that's how life goes, and that's basically what entrepreneurship is too. You, you know, what I mean, you kind of gotta dig your way into whatever situation, either out of situations or in the situations, and it takes a lot of a lot of work. You know, what I mean, and you gotta be willing to, you know collaborate with people, talk to, communicate with people. And, you know, business is a team sport. You know what I mean? No business happens solely by one person's hand. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, with that being said, tell me a little bit about the entrepreneur things that you got going on, you know what I mean, with, within the business of music and outside of that. What type of things are you trying to make happen in the community, in other people's lives? You know what I mean? Where, where are you collaborating at? How are you building business for yourself. What does it look like as an entrepreneur? One of the main things is establishing yourself. And I took that leap of faith last year um, over the pandemic. I went ahead and just established an LLC and opened up a music music business LLC. And that was one of the first moves that I made because I was looking at the fact that that specific year, that was when I started to generate a lot of income for um, having or operating as a music business. So it didn't make sense to be generating this income without having a home to house underneath and have more opportunity to grow that business. So, um, yeah, that first step was establishing the LLC. Um, it's called 222 Entertainment LLC. And that's been in operation for about a year and a half, going on two years. And after that, it's just been networking, collaboration. Uh, a lot of my success that I've had um has been through collaboration you know just being open to working with different artists that have different sounds and also have different opportunities behind them not necessarily using them for those opportunities but sort of across pollination because uh everybody that i've ever collabed with we all had something to offer to each other without it necessarily being one-sided at all so that's what i mean by cross pollination collaboration uh, i mean from there mm-hmm come across a lot of people that, you know, get greedy is all about themselves. You know what I mean? They don't see the bigger picture and just want to take from a situation rather than give back. You know what I mean? I, I feel that's, that's one of the biggest things. And that's why I want to bring you on this platform. And I, I'm not saying that I have the biggest platform, but to be able to shine light on people that you believe in, you know what I mean? And let them know that you believe in them at the same time is one of the, the biggest things that people need. It's, it's about a support system. You know what I mean? And me tapping in with you and always trying to talk to you, always trying to link up with you. It's just me letting, letting you know, like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, with nothing involved, you know what I mean? I'm here for you, your career, you know what I mean? Everything that you're doing. 
Because I see you working and I see how you work. You know what I mean? You took the time to educate yourself. And you're trying to give that back to not only the youth, but the people around you with all the things that you're doing. You don't move that way if it's not for something positive. You know what I'm saying? And I see the, I see the journey. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I continue to commend you. You know what I mean? I just want to say continue to work hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? And this, this is a, it's a hell of a journey that we are. You see a lot of crazy shit happen in this life, man. So, you know what I mean? To see you doing well and living it up in Cali. You know what I mean? Continue to let people know this is this is the best coast always. Man. Yes. Yeah, this Absolutely. is for sure the best, the best coast to be on. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what, what, uh, what's your next project that you're going to drop? So this is the first time I'm actually announcing this uh, publicly, but I have an EP coming next month. It's going to be called St. Valentine 2. Um, probably about, I'm looking at my um, whiteboard, like six or seven songs. I It's probably going to be seven because seven is the number of completion and the earth was completed in seven days. So I think seven is a solid number. Um, but that's going to be coming Valentine's weekend. Uh, I believe that's a couple days before Valentine's Day because it's on Tuesday this year. Uh, self-produced. I'm going to have some featured artists on it and everything. Um, also, I had to plan some visuals behind it, too. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do a, a whole entire little rollout for the next couple of months. That's what's up. That's what's up. We'll get more into the details of that, but tell me, outside of yourself, what other artists you listening to? Oh, man. So, I have a very broad palette, and I'm also very specific and very particular in terms of who I'm listening to, because I listen to music all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really rock with a whole lot of mainstream artists. I mean, I'm particular. I'm just very particular. I said all that to say that, this, um, but I would say <clears throat> hip hop wise, Freddie Gibbs, he's been in constant rotation. Um, I've always known about Freddie Gibbs ever since college, and mm -hmm. I'm just very thankful and happy to see that he's finally getting his due diligence because he's an underdog, and I'm an underdog type of person, so I'm always going to root for the underdog every time I see that situation pop about. But Freddie Gibbs, mad talented, mad talented rapper, for real, for real. Um, yeah. Outside of that, let's see. Um, I have to check my uh, my Spotify likes low-key. Of course, we got oh, Blast. Well, you check that. Give me your top five real quick. My all top time. five. My all-time top five? Okay. <clears throat> so this is in no particular order. I have to say for my top five, J. Cole, Kendrick. Um, um, mm. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. J. Cole, Kendrick. I got to keep it West Coast always, so I'm going to go with home team. Um, rappers? Uh, I just, yeah, I, I got to check it out. I got to check it out. I need a reference. But, yeah, definitely putting J. Cole and Kendrick at the top. Um, let's see. Also, I'll probably say Freddie Gibbs. I'll throw Freddie Gibbs in there just because of his consistency, his longevity. And, like I said, I love underdog stories. Um, also on top of that, hmm, you know what? I'm going to throw the homie in there. I'm going to say Katori Walker out of Pasadena, California. This dude is mad talented. He's been on the scene since 2017, probably longer than that. But uh, he first went viral when he did his song. This is my 
Mm-hmm. He uh, he did a record called Ormani, and he did a visual to it that he shot himself, and it went crazy viral. Uh, everybody was viewing it um, from Shaq to Ty Dolla Sign. They reposted on their story and everything. And um, like I said, he's another underdog. Uh, he's from the city. He's from Pasadena, California. And he does a lot in terms of shooting his own visuals and really just making it happen against all odds. So I've definitely got to give him his flowers. And then for the fifth, I'll probably have to say prestige, me. Yeah, I believe in myself, so I'm putting myself in my own top five. That's dope. You win a lot of a lot of, a lot of new school. You know what I mean? Not a lot of old school rappers. You know what I mean? A lot of no Biggie in there. No no Tupac. You know what I'm saying? That's something a lot of people miss. You know what I mean? Just hearing hearing the fact mm-hmm. that everybody that you named was was fairly new. You know what I'm saying? Nobody in there old school is different. It's real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a hot top five. So, uh, if you could work with one of those cats, who would it be? You could get a feature. Definitely got to be, uh, uh, man, toss up. But I have to say Kendrick only because I actually know a lot of, uh, Kendrick's mutual people on his team. And I know that would just be a easy link up. And plus he caters to my sound. Um, I grew up on a lot of, um, of course, West Coast hip hop, but also R&B and Neo soul and jazz, which, he also embodies in a lot of his records, like yeah. from Good Kids, Ma- uh, Good Kid, Mad City to to Pimp a Butterfly. Like he has it, all those elements in there. So I would love to work with Kendrick. Matter of fact, I feel like it's still gonna happen. The Black Panther album, the whole album. Yeah, remember that. That, that, that soundtrack that he executive produced was absolutely incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Incredible. I love it. That soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, top five, man. Uh, so what do you think about uh, all the stuff that's going on with Tory Lanez right now? And Major Stop, tell me, tell me what you think about all that. About Tory Lanez and Meg, that that case right there, I feel like it should have been a mistrial. And this is coming from a very unbiased opinion. This is coming from a person who always looks at both sides before I give any type of judgment. And from what I've seen and the evidence that's been given and the statements that's been uh, spoken about, it wasn't enough evidence to pin it on Tory. And also it wasn't enough reasonable doubt to say that Kelsey wasn't the shooter. So it's just like, that's why I say it should have been a mistrial. Plus there are a whole bunch of inconsistent statements People was lying. People were testifying, saying they were drunk and they barely recollect. So now, you know, testimonies and statements should be skewed at that point. Like the judge should have been like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's no substantial evidence to really make a judgment on who really shot Megan. So it should have been a hung juror, a mistrial or something. But in my opinion, I, I don't think, I don't think there was enough evidence to stick it solely on Tory Lanez that he was the shooter. How crazy is that, that, you know what I mean, Tory losing a lot of his life, you know what I mean, and he's pretty much booming right now, musically, you know what I mean, this nigga's dropping shit all the time, you know what I mean, right. to see another, another black man go to jail is, is wild, especially over what, you know what I mean, this type of shit. Over some bullshit, bro. Yeah, like, it's wild, seeing another black man go to jail. 
it's, I will it's, say at the end of the day, at the end of the day, regardless of, you know, whatever the truth really is, Megan didn't deserve to get shot. She shouldn't get got shot in the first place. But I will also say that I don't feel that Tori was the sole assailant or perpetrator in this situation. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a lot of things going on. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I kind of want to segue into, like, how people are shaped and formed by, by social media and influenced by certain things that people say or do. Like, what do you think about the climate that we have? We got a lot of people that's following don't have the sense of mind to think on their own. What, what do you say about that? You was talking to a youngster right now. And I know you talk, you talk to a lot of young kids. So, like, how do you how do you frame that for a youngster? It's a lot of following going on, and a lot of coattail writing. People not thinking for themselves because of social media. What do you think about it? Well, given the fact that I speak to students every single week, and the demographics of these students are Inglewood Lennox population, students are anywhere from seventeen to about twenty-two. Um, I always tell them to think for themselves. You know, you're always going to have influence from your peers, from social media, and even from your parents. But sometimes even your own parents don't know the right things for you, or it might not necessarily 100% be the right things for you. So you're at the age, I tell them, I say, you're at the age where you have the wherewithal and the knowledge to know what's right from wrong and what's the right and wrong decision. So therefore, you need to exercise that through every single day of your lives. Stop being so easily influenced of what your homies are saying because of what they're doing and it's working for them. No, you need to figure out what works for you the best. Because at the end of the day, caskets do not come with bunk beds. Ain't nobody else going with you when you pushing daisies. So you might as well do your due diligence on this earth for yourself and make it work for yourself individually. That's from finance goals that's from relationship goals that's the life goals that's the spiritual goals and everything do what is right for you and not because just because somebody else said that it's gonna work because a lot of people be lying anyway yeah so what is what is a, a phrase or a saying or something that you live by every single day every single day a phrase that i live by a phrase a mantra you know what I mean? What is, what is something that you tell yourself every day that motivates you? Mm. Or what is one thing that, that keeps you going that you think about? A, never be afraid to start over. Because that used to be my biggest uh, fear, actually. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of having to reinvent myself in my career, as a person, in my relationships, in my family. Like, I was always afraid that, you know, somewhere one of my relationships was going to end and I was going to have to start over, but it's okay to have to start over because as long as you got lungs, as long as you got air in your lungs, you have an opportunity. As long as you have a heartbeat, you have an opportunity. So I'd say to sum that up, as long as you have air in your lungs and a heartbeat, you have opportunity. So that's one thing that I go by. That's right. That's right. So um, last, last thing we're going to touch on is, I know you deal with kids, but if you had a message to tell a, the young audience and a younger version of yourself, uh, what, are the, what, are the, what is the most important message that you can get across to the youth 
or a younger version of yourself? What is a, a key secret, you know what I mean, to thriving as an entrepreneur, as a student, to be a successful, you know what I mean, black man, to be a successful black woman? To, you know what I mean? Like, what is something that, that will help people that struggle and get over the hump? It only takes one candle to start a forest fire. And to expand on that, what that means is that if you compare or if you take that phrase and compare it to the lives, Kobe Bryant, RIP, Nipsey Hussle, um, who else is influential that we lost in the past few years? Young Dolph, um, the list goes on. If you look at how impactful those individuals were, they influenced millions of people in a nation, if not globally. And those were just individual lives. That was one person. Yeah. Everybody considers Kobe to be the goat of our generation. That's one person, even though he was a part of an organization that was greater than himself, he had that much impact to be a living, breathing example of what it means to have organic love for the game. And that was very inspirational. So to sum that up, it only takes one candle to start a forest fire it only takes one person to make a difference it only takes one little spark to have the world on fire there it is that's it there it is you know what i mean and i hope today that we could just motivate somebody somebody gets to listen to the podcast be inspired hear their story know that things are possible you know what i mean especially after after you know what i mean getting an education you know what I mean? getting a degree going to college which is important, you know what I mean? And being able to create your own lane of music, something that you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Just because you go to school for one thing doesn't mean you're stuck there, you know what I mean, doing what you went to school for. Just use it as an opportunity to network and learn things about life and about yourself that, you know what I mean, that you get an opportunity to go explore these different things. And, you know, that's what I hope, you know what I mean, the message comes across for, for from us. Is that, you know what I mean, take the opportunities that you have, you know what I mean, meet people, network, you know what I mean, do good by people. And, uh, you know what I mean, to close it out, tell the people what you got coming, you know what I mean, give us your social sites, where people can find you, and uh, and tell us how we can get involved and check you out, whether you got a show, whether you got an album coming, how can we tap in with you? Man, so check it out. Like I said before, St. Valentine too. Coming Valentine's Weekend, that's next month. It's going to be on all platforms from Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, Deezer, Google Play, Amazon Store, um, Napster, if that still exists. It's going to be all on those streaming platforms. <laughs> uh, if you search in Prestige with that die at the end of it, all my music is going to come up. You can find me on all social media platforms at 222-P-R-E-S-T-I-G-E. Spelled exactly how it looks and sounds. Uh, other than that, um, that's all I got for now, but just stay tuned for St. Valentine too. And just know what's going up like SpaceX. You feel me? Yeah. Yay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I appreciate you having on coming on the show. This is relative vision TV. You know what I mean? Another podcast. This is season three. I started the, the season off with a boom with somebody that's coming out with some bangers and you got to look out for it. It's the West coast and we're coming real, real hard at you real fast. You know what I'm saying? With, with some new heat. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you for always tapping in. Don't forget to like, share, comment, you know what I mean, and tap in with us. The episode will be available for you on Wednesday. And every Wednesday we'll have a different show for you. 
that we stay working and we got all type of content coming for you. All right, stay blessed. Appreciate you. Yes, yes. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get fresh, you know what I mean? Go ahead, give. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get fresh, you know what I mean? Go ahead, give. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get fresh, you know what I mean? Go ahead, give. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get fresh, you know what I mean? Go ahead, give. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get fresh, you know what I mean? Go ahead, give. Hey, don't forget to go like, subscribe, follow, share all the good content we got coming to you. I'm here with uh, Playboy, the Miracle Barber. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying?